I am unashamed. What about you? I did I did the same thing in my class yesterday. I basically talked about the person versus the process. Phil always says the process, but you know, I went through Hebrews. I asked a question. I said, What do you think of when you hear the phrase or the word reverence? Well old Kurt Lively, who's God gave him the right name. You know, he's lively. He's lively. He, he's our shouter in our worship. You should have heard him in second service oh, yesterday. I can only imagine. I mean, he got he got going. He, I was like, Kurt Lively loves it. I mean, for I everybody even. who doesn't know who we're talking about, we you know, our church brother. is a little bit laid back. That's a nice way to say it. it's kind of conservative. But we have one guy who all the verses you know, there's way more in the Bible about shouting than there is singing. And we have one member, when he gets excited about a song or a sermon, he hollers out, full force, Jesus. I mean. And it's just the way he's wired. And you can, like, see the the kettle brewing if you watch him during service. He, he kind of clenches his fist. And I it's you feel like, you know, when, when the water's ready, it's fixed to just... <laughs> that, that's what he does. So, I, so he said. The first time well, he did it, I almost pooped my pants because oh, yeah. I wasn't. Well, expecting. If you're sitting in front of him, you know it, it's a it's a shock. It's about like having Sai sit behind you during the song service because you're looking around saying, "There's somebody who is that that is loud and sounds like he's in a little bit of distress." <laughs> so anyway, Kurt said. All in, brother. When I said, what is the yeah. definition of Oh, is he coming to your class? Oh, he comes oh. to my class because he said, he said, tell, I'm tell him what's the name of your class. I love the name of the class. Uh, the name of the class is Holy Roar. Holy Roar. Holy Roar. Holy Roar. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. We got that from, uh, what's the guy who sings, a uh, famous singer. I think I've told this story before. Uh, I met him at Tebow's event, uh, he he's he's written more worship songs than anybody uh you know he's a young guy not a big fella uh i need help from the peanut guy well uh phil and i don't know because we don't listen to radio uh, singing i don't i don't run with the chris tomlin oh chris tomlin duh so look i was on a shuttle to go to the tebow event with chris tomlinson chris tomlin before (laughs) I knew who he was, and so I introduced myself because I knew he was someone famous because they send you, you know, shuttles, and we raise. If money. you're on the shuttle bus, you're with yeah. somebody famous, right? And so I look I, when I saw Missy because she is into the worship and music, and I said, "I met this guy. Uh, see if you ever heard of him, Chris Tomlin." She's like, "You met him?" I was like, "Yes," and you didn't know who he was. That's embarrassing. <laughs> But anyway, now I do because I have engrossed myself. In well, you sort of do. It just took you five minutes to remember his name. Three so years. I wouldn't say you know him, but well, that's a different issue. <laughs> so anyway, like this story's time. all over the place. But uh, anyway, now I love Chris Tomlin music. But but I started my class and I asked that. Well, he said all in, but some of the older members and different people in there, they said, you know, I just said, what is the first thing you think of? And they said, being quiet and and reserved and you know and so it was weird how some people kind of if they're new in the faith they they're thinking reverent as in just being humble or you know like kurt said all in like where he surrendered to god 
And then other people that have been in the establishment a long time, they tend to think, oh, we don't want to be too, you know. Well, we got, what, two of our aunts, like when they used to come and visit at Whitesville Road because they're not from our town. Mm -hmm. But that's what they would say. They were like, oh, I just hate it there. It's so irreverent, you know, because people talk and. I mean, like they just well, want holler, silence. Well, yeah. you go worldwide, and you you run into things like I've mentioned this before in New Zealand, where it's not proper with the New Zealanders to speak about Jesus, the Son of God, in public. You you can't do that in public. Yeah, you told worship about that is before. Worship is a private, right? It's a personal thing. Yeah, and you're never go outside the bounds which of that. is funny because you're right that this that same mindset but it's like when people actually are in church setting together it's still the same idea i this was is proclaiming jesus it wasn't a church group it was just a audience of new zealanders about right. ten thousand. they're sitting there I, I go through the duck calls and all that then i preach the gospel to them and when I got to the gospel in jesus they started they, to they murmur. murmured yeah. against me and i think i was thinking what is that sound they're doing because they had it in their mind right. this is never to be publicly done well, and look, well you know they never well, had to read it's the just like my it's just like my aunts i love them i mean they're great it's just that's their mindset that well, that's what it's that the, they look at the word reverence totally different mm-hmm. than i would or you would i don't they're looking the at the process instead of the yeah. personal right. view of the person i mean when i'm saying person you take Hebrews 12, 1, let us fix our eyes on the author and per, per, uh, perfecter. perfecter of our faith. Hebrews 12, 2, I think it says. You know, let's, let's focus on Jesus here. That's the image of the invisible God. He's the bridge to God, the ladder, the gate, the way. That So when we come together Sunday morning, I'm saying let's focus all our energy, thoughts, eyes, and, you know, our, our dreams and hopes on Jesus, and then we can become Jesus, First John 4. In this world, we become like him through and his spirit. And the proclamation <clears throat> of Jesus and his death on a cross, burial, resurrection, if you notice in the book of Acts, when this began, the kingdom comes with power, fire on top of people's heads. All of their proclamation, all of it, 100%, <clears throat> was done publicly. Yeah, They're just out and about. And as they go forward, and they, wherever they could draw a crowd, and if you looked at it, the whole thing was a public proclamation of oh, yeah. Jesus, the Son of God. All right. Well, just just put all these verses. We, we kind of lose that when we get uh, well, and look, up two thousand years later into structures, and we're like, and it has to be this reserved type. Form well, it's of, because they're focused on the process. That's it. But look, if I just rattled off a few verses. You know, Philippians three ten. I want to know Christ, the power's resurrection, becoming like Him in His death. Uh, what's the one in Galatians where it says, uh, "I no longer live; yeah. I've been crucified with Christ. The life I live, you know, Christ yeah. lives in me." Yep. I mean, over and over and over, it says that. Well, First I, Corinthians, the only thing I, I know of that the, all of you heard from me was Christ, Him crucified. Yeah, he that's says, it. I mean, uh, the mystery of godliness that Christ is in you. The yep. First John four. In this world, we're like Him. Even Hebrews thirteen, where it got. It says, let us go to Jesus outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. Yep. You know, I mean, it, it's that that is, in my mind, what we should be focused on. They've shoved so, us, the world has shoved us as a group into a corner, and the corner is 
going to church two or three times a week. That that, that that's how. When well, you, and keep it right there. Yeah, that's right. So so anyway, Bad I, I asked the question, and my lesson was was this was the Hebrews five seven. I mean, I had a lot of other things, but I was just giving you that point. But it says during the days of Jesus's life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with, and notice this phrase, with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. You know, talking about Jesus crying out to his father with, with, through prayer and petition, but with loud cries and tears. But notice the terminology. And he was heard because, because of his reverent submission. Yep. We're and, looking and, in the book of John, and Peter gives you an update. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism because, lo and behold, not only was the gospel start with the Jews in Acts 2, now it's gone out to the Gentile. He accepts men from every nation who fear him. This is the message God sent to the people, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who Lord of you know what's happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. That's John covered all that. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, and he anoints all of us when we come to him. We receive God's Spirit. He anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. And look, here was the program and how he went around doing good. And he went around. You say, went around. He's on the move. He's out in the public, this crowd, that crowd, this one over here, he went around doing good and healing all those who are under the power of the devil. We point them to Jesus. Do good and heal them all, wherever you are. Public, private, it's not an issue. My point was when I asked people what reverence was, there was a group that said, be quiet, uh, have this holy tone and mode. And that's the direct opposite of why Jesus was heard according to the Holy Spirit and Hebrew writer, it says he was heard through his loud cries and, and tears. And so, you know, Kurt Lively, when I read this, he went, Jesus. Because <laughs> that's how he expresses his faith, not just when we're together on Sunday morning, but all the time. Right. And uh, I just thought it was was noteworthy that sometimes we get in our mind for whatever reason that there's a way to go about this instead of focusing on on being different our diversity based on personality and you know our past and on how we view the object of our faith which is jesus well listen to this jace we are witnesses uh uh, the apostle i mean uh, peter's talking we're witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God has raised him from the dead on the third day, caused him to be seen. Watch. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And look, here's your marching orders. Let's see if it's public or private or inside a church building or whatever. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he's the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testified about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. He's basically saying he told us to go to the people. You're like, that yeah. means you you can't confine him inside a structure. You just can't do it. So uh, I wanted to tell you guys about this because I know you spend a lot of time thinking about your bed sheets 
I know that's something that you know occupies a lot of your brain uh, cells. Well, I like them when they're clean. Yeah, and it's you know I read somewhere cool. recently that they just did a study about why you need to wash them because there's more uh, bacteria on like just a small section of your bed sheet than on a commode toilet. How they figure that especially out? Especially when I open the door of the bedroom, the dogs run past me, <laughs> and they all together, th- at least three of them, just bail out and just come up over. They're now in the bed. Miss Kay said, "Well, that little dog always likes to sleep where you do," and I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> well, between between yeah. that and the dogs, it proves my point exactly. Because people don't wash this. their sheets, and so there's just all this bacteria. No, we wash our sheets. You, we wash them. So well, I like them cool. Flannel in the winter, clean. cotton in the summer is I'm no. that guy. No, okay. I, I disagree with that completely. Well, I never I want flannel because I'm always I get hot. Well, now these folks, the folks at Bowling Branch, I've heard it, I've heard about this company for a long time, so I'm glad we get to talk about them. Supposedly, and I still hadn't slept on some, but I'm going to. We got some coming. Uh, these are the softest sheets you can get because I like that soft, and I'm the cool guy like you. But now they have some that are flannel. It says for a limited time you can get their luxury luxury flannel bedding. It keeps the cool sleepers warm because they breathe, but it keeps the warm sleepers cool. So That's they me. say theirs work both ways. I think they're right. I think they need That's what half flannel what they say. and half what's the other silk or silk or, or cotton. cotton. And then like, you just you mean like this and. and then go down the middle. Yeah. So if you're a warm sleeper. Because my cool wife, she's always. Because look, I've been living with a woman for the last 30 years. When she walks by the thermostat, yeah. she puts it up to 78. Look, and when I walk by, I put it to 68. I don't know what the process would be about half the bed sheet being flannel and half of it being cotton. But what if you're. That a, seam down the middle where they sew it together. I yeah, don't but know I don't know about y'all. Together. I sleep on the same side of the bed. I, I'm, I like to, it's the foot of the bed looking at I always like to sleep on the right side. Yeah, me too. I always sleep on the right side. Me too. Weird. We all sleep on the same side. Maybe it's I won't sleep on the left side. I don't like sleep on the left side yeah. either. I, don't, I like turning Phil on got me into that. He said some verse in Ecclesiastes <laughs> always lean toward the right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's messy yeah. with your bed sheet. All right, so our guys off camera, you're going to have to check it out. Let them know we need to ask about that half sheet. We want to know about I'm that. I'm trying to make a millions of dollars. That's what That's I do is idea. I'm an idea man. Mm-hmm. Make the sheet. Split it down the middle because most women tend to want – they get cold. Right. Most right. men, based on what I've it's heard. It's Miss Case. She has yeah. an electric blanket on her side. It's the, it's the thermostat it's of life. So Bowling Branch, uh, that's that's our company. Uh, three U.S. presidents love and use their product. I don't know which three. Uh, so here, here's well, what this we Well, this is more important than the presidents using it. Get get the <laughs> male-female aspect of it. Address that. Okay. That's your selling point. All right, so we're going to talk to the, the good guys at Bowling Branch. So shipping's always free. Here's the deal. You can try them out for 30 nights risk-free. So you get a whole month to hmm. sleep on them, see what you think. Probably need to wash them because we talked about the bacteria. You get $50 off your first set uh, from bowlandbranch.com. It's B-O-L-L and branch.com. The promo code is Robertson. I like that. So you get $50 off bowlandbranch.com, promo code Robertson. And uh, check them out. See what you think. Uh, we got some coming, you know, so we're going to find out ourselves. Mm-hmm. And who knows? We may invent a whole new sheet, Jay. Bring some excitement to your bed sheets. <laughs> <laughs> well, at this stage of our of our culture and world, 
most of them, they're not coming to your building. That is correct. Well, it's, it's interesting because yesterday Lisa and I participated in something that's kind of what you're describing, Dad. So there's a Baptist pastor from around Alexandria area. He gets with a guy from New Orleans that's an attorney, that a believer, who's over the Louisiana right to life. So they organized an event yesterday. Yeah, uh, it was, I saw the news story. Yeah, March for Life. Thousands. 3,000 people showed up at the parking lot of First West here in town, the First Baptist Church. We walked great. We walked from yeah. the First Baptist. We walked downtown West Monroe. We crossed the Indom Bridge, and we walked over to St. Francis. And right there in front of St. Francis, there's a big park. They had a stage set up. They had a band playing, you know, Christian songs. And then we got up and spoke to this huge crowd. And look, you had Catholics there. You had Baptists. You had Methodists. You had us. You had you know Charismatics. Everybody. And it was really great because I mean, everyone, we're singing. People get up and talk about the importance of saving babies and saving lives. There was a black pastor uh, from New Orleans that was just, I mean, on fire, plants churches down there in the Ninth Ward. You know, African-American community is the one being hit the hardest you know, yep. by abortion. So it was fantastic. And then at the end of it, Lisa and I gave a little snippet of our testimony. You know, of course, afterwards we were taking pictures because this, this straw drew people in from all over northeast Louisiana. But I just thought it was remarkable as we're standing there doing it. We're right in front of St. Francis Hospital yeah. in an open park singing Christian songs and praying, and people are jumping around. You I mean, were it was commanded. That's Jesus living. You were commanded to preach to the people testify that he's the one whom God appointed judge of the living and the dead. Right. That's exactly what y'all did there. Do it in the streets. It was great. I loved it. I, so I wish there was more things like that. But the nice thing about it was it didn't matter about – nobody knew who anybody was. I mean, like, the only reason I knew the people were Catholics because they had the Knights of Columbus sign, but they were the ones feeding everybody. So it was just like – I can man, give what? you this. One thing that good that came out of that uh, in the same vein is our president – and yeah. he's the first one I know of in my lifetime actually went to the right. He's the life. first one ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's ever. So, he's really up. been a proponent for. Oh, uh, he's a pro-life guy. Yeah. And Mike Pence obviously already was that guy. So Trump coming on board has been great for our cause. And by the way, just to show you that it's making an impact. So I, I just read that Pence had put a, a tweet out that said, abortion rate is the lowest it's been since since roe v wade by so the way, it's so it the the movement's working you yeah. know of course there's still three thousand babies by the way be. he commanded us to preach to the people and uh Phil, and where this, do you keep reading from that acts 10 34 oh, and following it's, it's, it's a it's a doozy man <laughs> yeah. so the well, bottom line locked is, in. the bottom line is sure. you say well has donald trump while enduring y'all's proclaiming to the people that jesus will judge the, the, the dead and the living well, he got the good news too. So even he, he was part of the listeners that heard this. Which is message. why you I'm have not, to be public. I mean, public. I'm out to break up this. We're only going to be Jesus people two hours a week. I mean, why did why did people have that ever that, catch on? And look, the argument got to go way beyond look, that. I'm going to tell you the arguments over Sunday morning dinner. It's not how many people or where we're going to park at this event. It's about what happened during the process at the building on Sunday morning. Today is Monday, Jace. It is yeah. Monday. It's about mid-morning on Monday. 
we're sitting here, we're sharing the good news of Jesus via the airwaves on the internet land way out there somewhere. <laughs> Computer land. But I don't land. know who's listening, but if they're listening, I say, well, are you getting the information? Internet I say, well, land. I just heard y'all say that my sins can be removed and I'd be raised from the dead. You say, that's it, dude. It's called We Are Telling You on Monday. We're not in a church building, Jim. We're going to have a song service, not unless me, me, you, and Jace fire one up. I love no the, I love the way media. Dad describes this. Like in a faraway place, yeah. there's the internet land. It's a place of geeks and nerds yeah. that are. <laughs> it's a jungle out there. That's it's why they came up with land. television because it was like we're going to do it television. And y'all will say some people are listening. So well, these people are not going to come to Jesus because y'all are sitting there running your mouth a bunch of rednecks. I'm like, you should have told that to the people who drove these great distances that come down in here. Say we want to be born. Oh, look! Again. I'm reading what people are hey. sending us. People, are, people are loving it. So, Jace, I wanted to, to yeah. shift gears. I want you to tell because uh, Mia <coughs> it just had had another, a, had another, another deal surgery. and a, a surgery, and I wanted you to tell about that because there was I was cracking up. We went over. She was still numb when we saw her, but it was yeah. Pretty. Well, you weren't cracking up because of her surgery. No, I, no, because of what she was saying. Yeah, but I'll give you the backstory, which I didn't really say much because in all her surgeries, this was kind of considered minor which was cutting out her wisdom teeth and and it wasn't like she was having problems with her wisdom teeth they just need the room for her next surgery because they're going to have to break both of her jaws again and so they're like we're going to take the wisdom teeth out because we need that room and uh so we figured this i mean taking your wisdom teeth out from what i've heard is pretty good little surgery you know oh, yeah. but we just looked at it like Oh, okay. I mean, compared to what she's well, had. She's already had this some is, So we had a local guy, you know, going to do it. And uh, so they do it, which is what's interesting is, you know, Mia's perfectly comfortable in that setting. You know, Missy and I have always had trouble because yeah. it's your kid. and But she's like, you know, hey, let's go. Where, you know, give me the goofy juice and it, chop, chop, people. Yeah. Mia's first yeah. question was, when can I eat again? That yeah, was her that, first. that's it. Yeah. And she's a pro. And so after the surgery, you know, of course, they give them that stuff to help them. No, no one, she's under anesthesia, but also they give her a little something for the you yeah. know, pain. Lot We call it goofy juice. Right. But what it also acts as is a truth serum. Which <laughs> By is the up. way, someone got a hold of us, Chase, and asked about could you help him because they have a child with what yeah. Mia has, so you can, he wanted to know how he should approach this because it's, yeah. it's causing them a lot of uh, unnecessary, I mean, when I say unnecessary, a lot of... Well, uh, it's just... Yeah, they so have, explain it's to a them, tough road. His well, wife is... Let me finish the story. And I, then, out, I, then, I'll, then I'll do it. But, so she comes out, and look, Missy says, first thing, I mean, comes out of, they roll her out of surgery, and she, the doctor and the, uh, she calls the IV, it was a guy, and the nurses, she comes rolling out, and she's doing this. She said, awesome job, doc. One of the best ever. Who said this? This is Mia. Mia. So Mia is saying She don't feel, they got her not numbed up, and so, I mean, she just had her, you know, wisdom wisdom teeth snatched out, and some you know, another two gone, you know, but she's like, good job. She said, now the IV man, <laughs> thumbs down. she said, terrible. Had to stick me. <laughs> she said, you had to stick me twice. 
at this point in your career, if you have to do that twice, <laughs> go do something else. And this so, is a sixteen-year-old. Sixteen-year-old. Of course, so she's a veteran. You know. Laughing, and Miss, and the guy's like, like there. The yeah, Missy's like. I mean, the guy's turning red. You know, Missy's like just Mia. You know, she's like. But overall, <laughs> pat yourself on the back. <laughs> so, it was just so kind of surreal, you? but you know, it's actually they got into a nerve, and she's having a her recovery hasn't been great. I mean, she when she came home from the surgery, which was just a few hours later. That's when I saw her. Yeah, she was. You saw. Her. Oh yeah, she was like. Now well, the could, next day was rough because yeah. once all that. Well, she said. You know, I said it. You know, this probably. She was like, "I'm doing great," and I was like, "Well, you know me. When everything, right. when everything unnumbs, it's so." Probably, for this couple who asked, you yeah. basically are saying you trust in God, you trust in the medical profession, and you. And you well, you got to have an open mind. It, the oh, by the way, let me set up because yeah. the question he had, he has, he has twins. Um, his wife's pregnant with twins, and one of them has a cleft palate. Yeah. So he asked Jace's advice kind of on what to look forward to as he goes forward. And, yeah. he, and they're unique because he's going to have twins. One has it, one doesn't. I so mean, one gonna, of uh. the things that we offer, which I think is I'm not you know running a commercial because we give 100% of our charity, which is in Mia's honor, miamu.org is where you can go check it out. We have a lot of good information out there because that's one of the biggest problems is people like you're you would think if you go to a hospital, we tend to think they know everything. Oh, yeah. But what we found out over and over and over again, when when a kid is born with a cleft palate, not just the lip, but the palate, they can figure out if it's just the lip. But if it's a cleft lip and palate, you're not going to find anybody with any stirring information there to help you. So you already, if you can see that before it happens, you need to do your research beforehand. You can go to sites like ours right. and it connect. We then connect you with people that we've helped. What, you know, they do it through social media and, and that that's key because you just, you might think, you know, what's fixed to happen, but you basically, you know, got to have the plan in place. And then you got to look at it. It's, it's a, it's a, not a condition that you fix you manage it for roughly 18 years yep. and that's where everybody gets off there most people in the world are looking how mia looks and that is the last thing on our mind you're focused for 18 years on how she's breathing how she's talking and how she's eating, eating yeah those are the three major things and that's there's a few surgeries that are tentatively scheduled i think it's seven for a for a severe case as mia's but she's had 12, I think. And that's pretty good. I mean, we, we got some kids that we've had. We got one that's had 200. Now, mm. he's a little more extensive than just the cleft lip and palate. But so every kid's different. So you got to have an open mind. The one thing I do tell uh, parents out there, what you the biggest thing we've had to get over, this is really weird about this process. As parents, you get used to the way they look. And so whenever you do a surgery, she's going to forever look different yeah. drastically because the parents, other people are not noticing it because they're not seeing them every day. But to the parents, there's something really uh, just rips your heart out when you see them because all the little things that have been corrected, you kind of grew to like that. Because it made them different and unique. Well, yeah, yep. it's just weird. So that is the most traumatic, and they don't really give you any kind of counseling on that, but it's – it's pretty devastating every time. I would time. say this whole process, if for the ones who have children with this problem, is patience. 
Patience, yeah. Patience. Perseverance. And uh, you realize the kid's the toughest person in the process. Yep. And so <clears throat> if you're not an emotional p- person, I've told people this, you will be. So as we know, when an emergency happens, and this used to happen a lot when we lived out here because power out. You know, we, Dad and Mom lived so far out. It was easy for the power to go out, any kind of storm. In the old days, there were a lot of ice storms. Remember those? You'd be Two, down. three weeks at a time, yeah, no electricity. Everybody runs to the stores, the gas lines Well, that's, that's the deal. So what's yeah. usually the answer? Let's run to the store and, and scarf up everything we can, right? Yep. You know what's like, weird here? It's like if you see one ice pellet or snowflake, everybody panics. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's yeah. just you. You go to the store and you're like, oh, I forgot it. Good night, it's snowing. Yeah, yeah you look snowing. at no water, no this, no that. I mean, it's not even sticking. Yeah. The immediate <laughs> shutdown it, here. Just the just the hint of winter weather is a run. You know, Walmart and all the other places. people love to panic. Yeah, exactly. So, so we've got some folks here at Patriot Supply uh, that can at least take that out of the equation. If something happens. What happens if it's a big enough emergency, there's no food at the grocery store? Which, well, you're prepared. Yeah. That, that's like the opposite of panicking is being prepared. That's right. So what these guys do is we got a four-week food supply right here in this bucket. And, uh, I mean, it's a lot of really good items. you got stuff in here. What is this one right here? This is home-style I mean, basically, if you're in a zombie apocalypse or whatever the issue is, <laughs> if you, I don't think it really matters, but... You know, you got four weeks. Well, you got to eat. You're going to last longer. Every bucket you have is four weeks. That's right. You're going to outlive somebody. By the way, this food lasts for over 25 years in in here. Yeah, good to go. 25 years. So you get enough buckets, 25 years later, you may be ruling the whole world. You could, could like, just get enough to last, like, till 90. There you go. Which wouldn't be as many buckets for you, Phil. But... (laughs) He's saying you're at the end of your bucket. (laughs) (laughs) So here's what you need to do. So you want to start with a four-week supply, which is what this is. And you can just keep ordering. Uh, If you you order now, uh, because you saw this ad, you're going to save 100 bucks when you go to the special website, preparewithfill.com. Now, we've already said Dad doesn't have as much time to prepare for as we do, but it's preparewithfill.com. These meals up to 25 years in storage. 25 years. That's 20 incredible. I saw a years. guy eat a pickle that had been expired 11 years. Mm-hmm. It was really impressive. But 25? <laughs> this was brown. Yeah, pickle's green. This was brown and fuzzy. But he said, I'd be all right. And he gagged. But he did it. But these, this is actually good. This is good. We just yeah. add a little water. You get guaranteed two-day delivery. And he lived. And he lived. Oh. <laughs> Save a hundred bucks, avoid the chaos, stay out of the stores, prepare with com. Avoid the eleven year pickle. You remember that yeah. guy? I remember him. <laughs> and we all watched him to see what would happen. And I started gagging. And the sucker lived. Yeah. I just started dry heaving. Oh, yeah. Been only but known about Patriot Supply. That was yeah. a raunchy looking pickle. <laughs> it cause you know, even like the day after her surgery, even this past one, I mean, she was coughing up blood and you know it's just hard to see your kid but she's kind of she's 16 now so she's just you know like no big (laughs) no when she was four you know it's hard to see your kid just throwing up blood for hours and because every time so when do you think looking into the future if there's a way when finally they'll say we've done all we can do 
Well, and, when and she quits is, growing. This, this is meal. When she quits, quits growing. growing. It's growing. So Which it's is usually, usually around 18, 18 years See, old. See, they're planning for the last surgery. So it is, is drawing nigh, at least. It is. Of course, what's weird is then they they can go out on their own and do any kind of cosmetic surgery on how they look, just like anybody else out in the world. But I've noticed most of these kids, when they get to 18. They're sick of surgery. They oh, <laughs> they're like. This is me. Get over it. You know, what I mean, they ain't worried about it. So everybody else. That's why I was trying to make the point. Everybody. What's else amazing is, is that's her grandfather. I literally do not even notice it. Well, and they, they don't either. I'm oblivious to what they're doing with her mouth. Yeah. I, I'm looking at Mia, and I see Mia, and the the ramifications of that many surgeries and whatever. I, I just don't even was, see it at all. Somewhere along the way, I don't remember the age, but. I, or what because we've been there for most of the surgeries but there was one in there when she was around 10 or 11 or 12 something like that where it it changed her so dramatically yeah. that it was shocking it, to it us shocking. because all of a sudden it was like this little girl she was there and then all of a sudden it was like she's not there anymore because it changed her look so much so i thought yeah. the same thing you did i mean just as a family member who kind of walked those steps and it's almost kind of like a grieving process of what changes, you know, yeah, over that. So it really it's weird. Is. It's really about suffering. Romans 5 is really where I hang out a lot because it really teaches you a lot about the process. Yeah. I think in that context, he was talking about people who suffer for him, but it, it applies. Any suffering. It, you know, Any if you go through suffering, right. it develops perseverance and perseverance, right. character and uh, character, uh, hope. Oh, yeah. I mean, no all doubt. these kids that we know intimately that we've helped, I mean, they are the most character-driven people. And a lot of times the kid has way more character than the, yeah, the whole family. family. You're yeah. like, where, where did this kid come from? Because you just, they go through so much. And they're picked at, because yeah. kids are mean, you know. So they're going to get You look different or have a different name, they're going to yeah. rip like you. Like Mia's real, you know, she gets embarrassed when she eats because she, like right now, she can't eat normal because, I mean, she's got... So like she last night was look this is what two or three days after surgery she went with her friends she uh played the uh played the piano I think they had like some kind of teen worship or something yeah. at one of the churches here and she played I was like are you up for this and she's like huh? she's like well I can't sing because she could barely talk she had all that packing you know yeah. I was like because I mean it was like a two hour concert she's like no I'm gonna do it but then they all went out to eat so when she come back I was like well how was it and she's like well. I was self-conscious about eating because I, I can't chew, you know, and I, and I can't feel because they hit a nerve, so she can't feel half her face. And she's like, well, I didn't know if there was something on my face, so I kept, mm. you know, getting out a mirror, looking at making sure the food was going Make in sure my mouth. Make sure you're not chewing on your tongue. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, yeah, I'm really proud. I was bragging on her because I thought most most kids just wouldn't do <laughs> that, you know. And, well, let's face it, 16-year-old girls, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of issues there just for being a 16 year old girl yeah. in terms of how they look how yeah. they're perceived by their peers so yeah to have that on top of that is pretty amazing but i just want to say to the uh, person who sent in this uh this request you know we just we i'm glad you did because that allows us to talk about and there's probably others yeah. out there that you need to get that, that information and you need to establish that network. it's miamood.org right? yeah and uh and i i shared with you a couple of weeks ago in a podcast which i don't know how they all run but when i saw the couple a lot of times we'll go visit the hospital when we yeah. get word now those people i've never seen a couple so prepared in my life right and they were happy and positive 
about everything, you know, and uh, so I and that that comes from the preparation. Well, by the way, so, to to piggyback on that to what we were talking about earlier, I said this yesterday to that audience of people that the advance in technology, medical technology that now allows us to look inside the womb, which is how we found yeah. out that Mia had a cleft lip or cleft palate. And you don't know the severity of everything until they're, until they're born. But think about it. You never had that before. Well, that's yeah. also helping. Us, not only does it help you prepare for that, just like this, this family's going through, but it also has helped us in the pro-life movement because all of a sudden before, it's like, well, that's not a baby. That's just tissue. Bubble. And all of a sudden now when you're seeing images that clear, yeah. where a 20-week-old, oh, yeah. that look, you can go in with no anesthetic and rip that child uh, literally to pieces. Uh. People are looking at that and saying, you know that that's not what I was told for the last forty years. You know that the, before in seventy four you couldn't look, you didn't know. Well, that's why yeah. it's such a passionate issue. I mean, I get it on both sides, but I mean, it's to us. I'm looking at this God created life that's precious. You know, from the womb to the tomb. You know, right? But you're just like, how could someone do that? So you have to back down just a little bit. Right. And I love what y'all do, and yeah. you are to be commended for being vulnerable and sharing you know lisa's experience about hey you make mistakes in life and that's what god is there for and you become a voice and, and that's what she says so, she yeah. says now i wish there were groups that are there that we now help raise money for because she said i needed that group i needed somebody mm-hmm. to counsel me and say because my parents didn't know they bought the lie so they were like, yeah, you just go down there and get it taken mm-hmm. care of. That You know, early 80s, nobody knew any different. She said, I would have loved to have had a life choice, choices counselor be able yeah. to sit down and say, well, look, let me just make clear what you're doing, you know, to a 16-year-old girl. Because think about it. You were talking about me at 16. Yeah. Lisa was 16. Well, that's right. And, and so, look at all the kids we've adopted just in our family. Oh. And they're just. Which, by the way, let me you know? let me say something about that. That's because I, I mentioned this yesterday as well. It's not just on the abortion end. That's just the beginning. If we're successful as a movement and we're praying and that we want less babies killed, that means more babies will be born into places and families they can't be raised and taken care of. So you got to have people willing to walk alongside. The guy you always mentioned, your first convert, he's your age. He's 50 years old. He just adopted two kids. Mm-hmm. They, the first they foster care, then they adopted. I told him yesterday at church, I was like, Blake, this is, I mean, you're a huge part of the pro-life movement. Because if you're going to have babies being saved, somebody's got to take care of them. And, yeah, well, and Christians get hard. I mean, every time I hear his story, you know, Blake was the first guy I shared with. And I had to overcome my fear of speaking. And, and you know, there, there's always a moment when you're in Jesus as a new Christian where you step out there and say, no. I'm not going with y'all and doing this, and here's why. And Blake was the first guy I did that. I thought the same thing. And I'm like, here's here's this guy. He, you know, it was a bumpy process getting there. It took him a couple years. But when, when he did surrender to Jesus, he never looked back. And uh, despite his upbringing and every yeah. reason not to, and uh, he's been a warrior, you know, in the past for kids and, and uh, you know, adopting kids. Well, and, he's got a grown daughter, and and you know that he and his wife had, and they just had the only child. Yeah. But to make that commitment all these years after having that child, I mean, I I just admire people like that because th- they've got something, or somebody that fosters all mm-hmm. these kids. My niece, uh, Carla, she she's foster. First, it was foster. Now she's adopted eight kids. Yeah. Wait, well, and I Blake's mean, family. His sister had adopted right. some, and he. Had, that's what I meant. Their whole family has been. 
And that's a gift. Yes. Like not yeah. everybody can do that, but the ones that can, you have to encourage people to do it because that's how you do it. And you said it before, Dad. That way we get it out of the government. That, well, that's a government problem. No, it's a Christian issue because yep. if we're gonna if we're gonna be a voice on behalf of the unborn, mm-hmm. then we've got to be willing to deal with the people that are pregnant because they don't know they don't know Jesus. Before you know. I came to Jesus, these thoughts that we're discussing today never crossed my mind. No, you wouldn't have even thought about it. No, nope. why would you? Didn't care. Right, and most people are like that. Why are you against yep. women's health? You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this is not about women's health. This is about a child we're trying to help yep. get into this world yeah. and then see what happens. Well, and it's about her spiritual health. Health. I mean, she'll. It's just like Lisa. If, if she could go back and change that, she would now. That's right. And there's other people who realize that too. So, well, Lisa said yesterday. She says this when she speaks. She said, "You know, I have a problem saying this is a women's health issue when half the children that have been aborted were women, were girls, were yeah. baby girls. So to say that we're concerned about women's health, we weren't concerned about thirty million. I mean, yeah, their health. I mean, their ended. health is ended. You know, so yeah. I mean, that's, that's a you know, that's a great argument that she uses. So, mm-hmm. so I got to tell you. So yesterday, I'm preaching. You uh, did good, by the from, way. Yeah, Jace. Or Jace is my sounding board to let me know if I blow it or hit hit hit. He may be biased. Yeah, he could be. Uh, no, I'm I'm not. I'll, I'll, <laughs> he's told me before. I, I didn't, you know, well, yeah, <laughs> I never heard a well. Crickets. <laughs> so anyway. So yesterday I'm preaching on what we talked about, have talked about on the podcast, this, this, you know, moment where John the Baptist says, you know, he's basically given the testimony of when he baptized Jesus and what a big, huge deal that was because that's, was heaven open, the voice, the Holy Spirit comes down. Let me interrupt. I thought you made a good point. I hadn't thought about when Al asked the question, he said, what does that mean when heaven opened? And I thought. That's a good question. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what that means. What yeah. do y'all think that meant? Some kind of portal heading well, up and right. out. Well, you mentioned the guy in uh, that Paul, I think you said Paul, but it actually it was Paul said he knew a guy. But he's, he was talking about himself yeah, in that text. Sure that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was talking about himself in the third Wait person when he said, I knew Wait. a man who got carried up into the third heaven. Yeah. But he was talking about that. Oh, that's true. Dude. Third Look it up. person. Yeah. I think you Look got it that up. out of second opinion. Look it up. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> well, 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 let me read you... that because it's an interesting thing. It yeah. said, uh, he said, I know a man in Christ. This is Second uh, Corinthians 12, too, who 14 years ago was called up to the third heaven. Now, whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. I, I'm not seeing how you think that's him. That's him. Person. He was talking about back when he was converted. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know. But God knows. Well, why wouldn't he know? Keep reading. Okay. You're, you're going to get there. Was called up to paradise. <laughs> he heard inexpressible things, things that man is not permitted to tell. I will not boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses yeah i mean so he how, just theoretically made the, he, maybe he just made the transition what what's what, the beef with it second corinthians second. 12 what's the beef with it could have just been a guy that he knew well it could have been yeah but it was him but your point was <laughs> your point was I, look i lean to what you're saying it, it was him i don't i didn't to me it's not important because he doesn't devote it wasn't allowed these things were not allowed well, tell to tell my be point spoken. of saying it that when he got like my point was 
whether it was Paul or somebody else, when they saw that, they were like, I can't even right. tell you what's happening. That's I mean, like, the point. I can't even put it into words. So I was like, they were looking up through the portal. Yeah. And and I don't know if it was, you know, we don't know from the text if it was just John and Jesus. I, I kind of think now it was just the two of them, although usually John had a crowd around him. It was almost like Jesus went to him privately to have him baptized him, but I don't know. But anyway, the point was for John to see it. You know, it wasn't Jesus already well, knew. Well, it could have been like that. Where's that other story where it said there was a voice, and it said that voice was for y'all's benefit, not mine. Right. But it says to those that were standing around, it just seemed like it had thundered. thundered. Yeah. Which I'm – when you did the voice yesterday of right. God, yeah. you know, Al said it was probably like I said, Jan- James I, Earl Jones. I said it wasn't It wasn't Pee Wee Herman. It, 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 it was right, James Earl Jones. This is my son. But it was more than that because it was like thunder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't oh, appreciate yeah. thunder as a voice till you hunt in lightning and thunder. <laughs> till a lightning did. strike hits right Two by. or three times this year, we put our faith really to the test because we literally would not get up and shoot ducks that's for fear why, of being struck by why, lightning. That's why when Al mentioned that we might discuss a little of that, that's why it says survival of duck season <laughs> because there were a few times we That's were in, in danger survival. of being struck by lightning but or look, blown away. So let me say oh, that since right, you great. brought that up. That's pretty good. The, the biblical narrative, usually when there's an interaction between human beings and the other realm, whether we're talking about angels, God himself, him speaking, the one thing I've noticed that's consistent, because you you hear people say, "Oh, I saw this. I had a vision." Blah blah blah, but it's fear. Like yeah. w- when we interact with them, when, when an angel would show up, people yeah. fell out like they were dead. Yeah. That's oh, how yeah. frightening it yeah. was. Oh, so yeah. you know, the idea is that everybody's floating around and with the long blonde hair and got their yeah. wings going yeah. and all. It's yeah. a little well, soft, I've heard, soft we've and all cuddly. Been in studies where we hear these stories, and you know, I'm not denying them. No, I mean the guy maybe because I usually think, "Now, had you been drinking that night?" You know, they're like, "Well." <laughs> You know, because they're like, you know, I'm what driving, you smoking, down, Willis? Yeah, driving down the road and, you know, God had this, you know, we had this conversation. But I'm always looking for that, too, because I'm like, these people that were inspired by the Holy Spirit when they wrote, I mean, he got up there and said, I, I heard things that were inexpressible. <laughs> well, what does that mean? I you mean, know, human I language even, can't say what I saw. That's I what he said. We've heard things like, like "This will blow your mind." This literally probably would blow your mind. <laughs> literally, said, that's what gonna, I said yesterday. Oh. Mind blown. Look, I, mean, I just, was at camp one year, and you know, we was all coom- you know how they do it at camp. Look, I love camp. I had great. We call experiences. them emo devo. Yeah, you but everybody's you know going around <laughs> talking about what heaven's like. Got to me, and I was like, "This is all pointless." <laughs> Everything I've heard up until this point, well, you know, the guy. Guys like Jace were the killers of the emo demo. Yeah. You couldn't and even he's get a like, good... what are you what are you trying to say? I'm like, they're going up there saying, I can't describe it. So why are we down here trying to Well, you know, I think heaven is, you know, gonna be, you know, whatever. Whatever you think it is gonna be thousands of times better. Yeah. So why are we even trying to do this? You know, we always say, Boy, if there's a way to duck hunt forever, you know, because that's about the best thing I can think of. <laughs> And I thought that'd be nice. No game more. I don't know. This season felt more, this but, season felt more like hell to me. That's <laughs> what I mean, though. You know, and you want the challenge because that's what makes it fun. But then I'm like, that is so small of thinking. Yeah. That that. I mean, I think that's just the wrong road. I think it's way bigger than that. You know, it is you, worth noting 
that when duck season ended this year, someone says, so what you been doing the last couple of days, Robinson, since duck season ended? I said, I hate to tell you this, all I've done is sleep. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, look, I was going to invite Si to be on the podcast today. This is where I was going with this story because I wanted him to share to our – and I'm going to get him later, but to share with our podcast audience what he told me yesterday because he got so fired up about this point in the sermon – yeah, I was, finish your point. So, so here's what I was talking about. So the Holy Spirit is down there, right? I mean, we mm-hmm. descends on him, and it says it alighted on him. You know, kind of like hovering. Yeah, like hovering. Over so the water, exactly. Like, like so, ducks. so Jason said something a while back on the podcast about Genesis one in creation that you know there's a spirit hovering over the water, yep. basically saying, "Let's go. We're fixing to create." You know, yep. and so it, that's the biggest moment in human history. The Earth was created. So this is another moment like that because now the new birth, which is gonna is gonna come after, right. which is a recreation. It's a recreation. So I made the point that in Acts two. You know, when, when Peter and all those guys are there, guess what's hovering over them? It said, now it looks like a tongue of fire. Yeah. it's There it is again. He's about to just empower you to do these languages and all these other things. And then in Acts 2, 3,000 people cut to the heart. Peter says, what? they said, what do we do? He says, repent, be baptized. And you. And this first time this is ever said to a mass of people, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So same Available idea. to everybody. The hovering, that's why you know? I said the Holy Spirit. Look, now get this. If you don't get anything else about this point, get this. The Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters in Genesis 1, 1 and 2. Yep. The Holy Spirit is still hovering over the waters. Yep. So when people fall in love, surrender, declare Jesus as Lord, accept Christ, the whole reason that you take someone to be baptized is now they're believing this same thing that we read, that because of that surrender to Jesus, Jesus gives you that Holy Spirit to recreate you. That's why it says the only thing that counts is a new creation. The old is gone. Just think of all those passages. So I think that's pretty exciting. Once people get that look, they run. Yeah. Here's an awesome thought. Uh, Isaiah 46, about verse 10, Isaiah said, God talking now, I, God, make known the end from the beginning, the same one who appeared and is now officially being, being unveiled. You say, Jesus, the Son of God, he'll go on to die, be buried, and raised from the dead. God said through the prophet Isaiah, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. So when you finally identify the one through whom the end will be eternal life for the ones who put their faith and trust in him and hellfire for the ones who didn't, it's a pretty interesting, uh, the spirit was hovering over the waters in the beginning. Then in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. There's Jesus. That's what I, I love about John so much. And the day he was officially introduced to the, he was right. known to the Jews at his baptism. You right. say the end is is getting closer. That's right. But that's why I even look in our culture yesterday. I mean, Kobe Bryant 
killed in a hel- helicopter crash. Yeah, and the whole world. I had like three people send me text messages. Yeah. You know, to tell me, me I too. hadn't watched NBA Everyone basketball. Everyone better get ready years. for the end. Is it's all coming. I have to say. Right. But even that, and now you got this scare of the coronavirus, you know, yep. going around. And I'm like, you see how the world views all that? And look, I think it's terrible that, you know, I thought Kobe Bryant was a great basketball mm-hmm. player, but to me, what we're discussing here, talking about the Holy Spirit of God hovering over the waters and people getting called up to heaven, and you know, all these things are intriguing to me. I don't want to miss that. I don't want to put all my hopes and dreams on this earth because no. they all end the same way. Right. Anxiety, it worry, literally, literally stress, is a without God is a dead yeah, end. It, it's just not, you know, that's not that's not for me. So, so, so that's anyway, why we're discussing this. We are. And so we're out of time. But uh, Sal was going to be on the podcast today. I was going to invite him because I wanted him to share with the audience what he told me yesterday. So I go to the back and. You know, I'm kind of old school preacher. I'm back pressing the flesh, you know, meeting the folks, you oh, know, yeah. meeting the visitor. And so Cy comes up, wild-eyed, only, like only Cy can. He said, hey, I just had an out-of-body experience while you were preaching. <laughs> so I want him <laughs> I want him to tell us, and you too, because you wasn't there to hear this, <laughs> what his out-of-body experience entail. But it's actually pretty good. It was a pretty deep thing. So uh, we'll have Sai. That's your tease for next time. Uh, hopefully we'll have Sai and he can explain it. The reason Sai's not here is because I called him. This is the day after duck season ends, the survival, as we say. So I call him at 1030 on my, you know, on my way out here to see if he wants to do the podcast. And the lady that works for him and his wife said, oh, he's still sleeping, honey. <laughs> and I was really? like, good, nice. I, duck season must have wore Cy out. I he's that. sleeping I sleep till 11 I sleep for about a week <laughs> off and on. I get up, look around, back down. There you go. So that's how we heal. Anyway, uh, that's all we got time for. We'll pick it back up in John. We got some really cool stuff about the disciples we're going to talk about uh, in John 1. So if you're still reading with us, do it. Keep sending us the questions. They're awesome. I love the engagement. I love the encouragement that I'm hearing from so many of you that love the podcast. So we appreciate it. And we're glad to do it. We are so glad you're watching and listening to the Unashamed podcast. Be sure to like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. That's going to keep you up to date with all the new episodes. And it's also going to let other people find out about our podcast. So keep spreading the word and watching and listening to Unashamed with Phil Robertson.